I can't believe it's been a year since I ran the Pregnancy and Parenting in a Pandemic series, which was a 17 expert Facebook Live series geared to helping parents navigate all the things during the pandemic. Part of the series included interviews with fertility experts. I thought I'd bring a couple of those episodes out of the archives and play them for you this week on the podcast in honor of the 2021 National Infertility Awareness Week. These bonus episodes can also be found at parentingpandemicseries.com along with the other experts covering a variety of parenting topics. Because these were Facebook Lives, the audio is a little spotty and raw, and also note these were originally filmed in April 2020 when, as we all know, COVID was such an unknown. But outside of all of that, these experts helped shed some light on infertility, something that one in eight couples experience when trying to conceive, including me. Every parent's journey is different, and if you listened to last week's episode with either Christine or Sarah and Ben, you heard the parent side of the journey. These bonus episodes are to bring insight into the other side of the table, the health and wellness expert. Today's interview is with Cho Lin Moy, the founder of Integrative Healing Arts in New York City, where she utilizes Chinese medicine, acupuncture, herbal medicine, and energy healing to treat patients. With over 18 years of experience as an expert in alternative and Chinese medicine, Cho specializes in fertility, where she helps couples conceive using her signature fertility acupuncture protocols and Chinese medicine. In this interview, Cho shares how Chinese medicine can help with fertility, postpartum health, and just the immune system overall, and how we can implement some of these methods at home. We also talk a lot about some of the ancient Asian traditions around postpartum and takeaways from those rituals. I asked Cho the other day what things have changed in the world of fertility over the last year since we did this interview. And she said that because of COVID, many couples in fact did put their IVF treatments on hold. And so there wasn't the big baby boom that people thought would happen. However, now that we're coming out on the other side, many women are quickly jumping into doing IVF. We talked a little bit about doing a follow-up interview focused on fertility post-COVID, but that's still TBD, so stay tuned. Now on to the reprise of my Parenting in a Pandemic interview with Cho Lin Moy. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. I am super excited today. To bring on Cho Lin Moy. She is a Chinese medicine expert, acupuncturist, and actually lives in New York in kind of the center of it all. She has a daughter who is 18 years old, and she's going to come to us today to share so much different pieces of knowledge and different things that we haven't heard yet. So welcome. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on. No problem. I wanted you to give the audience a little bit of background about kind of what you do, what your specialty is. Sure. Okay. 
So my specialty is alternative medicine, alternative and Chinese medicine. My practice is in New York. Right now, the office is closed because of the COVID-19 mandate. So I, my, a large part of my practice is fertility, pain, stress. And so I help, you know, couples to conceive naturally and for women to increase their fertility naturally, whether they're going to continue to go into using IUI or IVF. So that's what I do. I also now uh, a lot of immune, helping people to boost their immune system and how to take care of themselves now that, you know, there's this added level of stress of being at home and just not being able to go to the doctor or even to the corner store if you, you know, have something going on. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and like everyone else, managing the technology of husband home, daughter home. I can't even imagine you deal with patients. So a lot of the doctors who are home and doing telemedicine or telehealth for you, how is that going? And then with fertility, I mean, a lot of these women have been consistently seeing say like you for fertility treatments are a lot of them stopping kind of what's going on right now. How do you continue onward if you are in fertility treatments during this time when there's social distancing, when you can't easily go into an office? Okay. So hopefully that they don't have to social distance. That would be very difficult for conception. Not if you Uh, have an IUI, though, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, and actually, at some point, there are a lot of those. I may do something, a a, a blog post about these, you know, homes, like a lot of, you know, couples are are taking it into their own hands, literally, and (laughs) doing their their inseminations on their own. So uh, a large part of you know, when I'm working with my patients is to empower them and to teach them the things that they can do to get, you know, to be healthy. So with all my patients, if they want, I will show them and I give them herbs for, you know, the beginning, if they think they're getting sick, you know, what they can do if they start to have a sore throat, that there are different formulas that are, you know, I will, you know, give them that are, or what they call patent formulas. And so how to take them appropriately, right? And so really part of the process of working with me is not just me, you know, putting needles in, is really finding out about what their life is like, their stressors, and offering things for them to do to solve those problems or become aware of, you know, what is going on in their life that they can make changes to or, or, you know, to focus on, you know, one thing. So right now with fertility, a big part of that is really knowing when is that fertile time. And even for women that may be going through or or going to go into an IVF cycle, that I still have them track it so that they, you know, know what is happening. It's It's a practice of knowing what's happening in their body because with fertility, it's very stressful kind of not knowing. And this is something that they can be like, oh, I feel this way. I can, you know, really low tech check, you know, what is happening in my system. And the the other thing too is that's information for when, you know, if they end up going to a, uh, a fertility clinic, a Western clinic, that they've got all of this information about tracking their cycle. And that will, that is, good, like maybe they're low on progesterone, 
maybe they you know need some estrogen and it will really start to show up in you know how the the, the cycle is and uh, as opposed to walking in and then being given a whole bunch of uh, drugs right and a lot of it though is stress i mean i have so many friends who go into it and years and years trying and then they stop i mean hi i'm a perfect example i have a third child and our my first two were actually fertility induced they were assisted because we we didn't think i could have kids and voila 11 months into my second child i was pregnant and a lot of it had to do i think with stress and eating and so i'm curious right now because there's so much stress Besides getting pregnant, that that's a whole stress in itself. Now you add on the stress of this pandemic. What are kind of methods you're you're trying to work with your patients on to really help reduce that? Or are you actually seeing that because they're home, you have success on people just magically getting pregnant because <laughs> you know they have this this other outside stresses, I guess, might be gone and they're with their spouse all the time. Or have you seen um, any changes? I haven't yet. And I'm not, I know that I, I just had an interview with, you know, a, a journalist from WNET and we actually talked about that, the situation that we're in is like nothing we've ever experienced. And it's not quite the same as being, you know, stuck in a snowstorm where you just hunker down and what else is there? <laughs> as long as you don't have a lot of other kids. <laughs> As long as you don't have a lot of other kids, exactly. The the thing is, is that we right now, and as I said to this woman, we are kind of in a post-traumatic stress, PTSD experiencing live, like at the moment, because when we turn on the news or the media, it keeps on coming back to the disaster. and We don't know what's going to happen. And there's, you know, economic problems and joblessness, like that there's so much distress that it's actually, we're having the PTSD now, and that, I, I don't know how that will work in terms of, will that make you more fertile or not? It's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it, and, and then, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> very hard. And then on the flip side of things, the postpartum time. So you also work with women postpartum. How has that changed? And especially like the added stressors. I mean, I know I knew going into postpartum, I was going to be home, quote, quarantine, not because of this, but just because I had a newborn for like four weeks or so. And, you know, you have your your things in place on like all the people that are going to help you and do that. But now people don't have that. So how are you able to help people postpartum? Kind of talk a little bit about that and what can we do at home to help us? Absolutely. Okay, so as I mentioned before we went live, I have at least three patients that delivered in the last few weeks, kind of, to, you know, one, the husband was able to be there for sure, two, the husband was kind of able to be there, and the third one, no way. So what has happened is that there is not the same support system that they would have had. On the one hand, you know, being home, happy to be home, not in the hospital, and, you know, focusing on the, the, the newborn. And, and these women, it was all their first, their first child. So, you know, the first time you are worried, are you doing everything right? Difficulty with the breastfeeding and the latching on and the, the time, you know, like the sleep time. And so what I've been helping them with is, 
you know, some of the, the maybe problems with lactation with latching on or there's inflammation of the milk ducts. And so there are like things that they can do such as, you know, like warm compress or something like dandelion tea or fenugreek tea, like those things you can get online. Uh, a lot of women, uh, and also like the sleep thing is really, you know, make sure that you take turns sleeping. Easier said than done. <laughs> Easier said than done. Yeah, but you absolutely need to, you know, to sleep. In, in Asia, they have the confinement or the 30 days, it's called the 30 days of sitting. And it really, that is to focus on healing because you just went through 10 months or 40 weeks of a big physical you know change and then delivery is like a marathon it's a big athletic event and then now you're your the hormones are shifting uh there is the lactation that's happening digestion like everything is shifting and so you really need to give yourself that time to relax and heal right and at the same time you have to like make milk <laughs> and take care of other things and clean and do all this, even yeah, though, can you talk a little bit actually about confinement for those who might not know what that is and what sort of tradition that is in the cultural t- okay. tradition? So the tradition, as far as I know, it's definitely in the Korean tradition. I also believe in the, possibly the Japanese tradition, definitely in the Chinese tradition. And really that is for that month after delivery is that you do not go outside. You stay in, you, you know, eat soups that are, you know, fortified with either pig's feet or chicken. It has their, so very, and there may be hard boiled eggs and this kind of like sweet vinegar is mixed with it. And so this is really to extract all the nutrients that are in it because you're going to need it for healing and also for you know, milk production. And uh, so the idea is that you, you're not going to go out because you don't want to get cold. There's also the idea of not bathing, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, so the idea is like if you, you know, they're all like if you're washing your hair, you're, you're getting you know, cold, you can catch a cold. The other aspect might also be is that the, you need the protective bacteria on the surface of the skin, right? Or if you expose yourself to water, if water wasn't clean, that you could get an infection. And so the idea is, is that you really focus on healing and also on you know, making the milk to feed the baby. And also the baby doesn't, usually there's like a baby naming ceremony a month after. So it's really, that's the time huh. that the baby will survive. So this is, we're talking about ancient times, right? So <laughs> if they pass the first month, that's usually a good sign. And it, it takes about a month to orient to the baby sleeping and the feeding and all of that. And so it's really like to give that time and, and just know that you need to do that, right? Right. And so I guess actually right now it's easy for women to do that because they're home, they're quarantined. They have that almost another person in their house, hopefully to help support them a little, but they can kind of sit at home and not feel guilty about running out to Target or running errands and cleaning. Cause I know for me, I was out of the house after week one and it would have been lovely to just lay in bed for 30 days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I think, you know, it's, it's a very, I want to say American, more American or a Western idea of like being productive and having to get back into shape and, and, and do a lot of stuff. And it can make it so that it takes longer, you know, to heal, right? With the, the pelvic floor muscles, uh, some women will have experienced some tearing. They may have an episiotomy. They may definitely develop hemorrhoids from all of the pushing. And then after being home, they're sitting all the time. And so it, you know, those are like the things that can be, you know, needing to heal from and really to, to take the time to, to get that, you know, to really, you know, or, or orient to the change of a new baby. I mean, having a, a baby is a very joyous as it is. It's extremely stressful. Exactly. Worry all the time. And I know you talk a lot about stress, pain, and sleep, and so which are extremely important. I I wanted to touch base a little bit about Chinese medicine because I yeah. I don't know too much about it. I you know I had a grandma who would give me random herbs and stuff and didn't know what it was. I was little, would take them, be like, okay. She was Japanese, so not Chinese medicine, but she believed in a lot of that. Right now what can we do to kind of keep our immune system up? I know you've um, talked about kind of Chinese medicine and what China might've done to help combat coronavirus, which is very different than what we have in America, and also just how to keep our immune system up in a way that's maybe more natural than taking mm -hmm. more drugs. So if you can touch on that. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so there are easy, easy to do, doing things like drinking tea, so there's green tea, white tea, black tea, that uh, is in the, the family, they call it Camellia sinensis, which super high antioxidant, antimicrobial, uh, uh, antiviral, right? And so just having that, the way that it works when you're drinking it, and then also helps, you know, the throat is the gateway to the body for all kinds of bacteria. So drinking something like tea, I also recommend taking probiotics because that also keeps uh, your immune system is in your gut. In terms of food, usually something pickled, like in Asia, they always have like pickled or kimchi or, or something, but you can also have sauerkraut. You can do that. What else? Oh, I, like I've written in some of the my posts like superfood, mushrooms, onions are amazing, you know, garlic, onions, oregano, like you have a lot of, there are a lot of spices mm -hmm. that we actually cook with, even the turmeric that you can add in, or just if you like curry, there's usually curry powder that has a mix of curry and even cinnamon and, and, and other spices that are naturally antimicrobial, antiviral. So the key thing is, is that you, you want to, you know, get stronger and also not get sick with something else. So everyone is worried about coronavirus, <laughs> but the fact is, is that you, you kind of don't want to get sick to begin with, right? Right. And a big part of that then is also focusing on sleep, right? What we talked about having deep sleep. And so I like the essential oil, which is vetiver or um, you could do lavender and even bergamot. So the vetiver and bergamot have a, a, an effect on the nervous system, like a Valium, so it can really help with anxiety. 
Do you suggest diffusing that or like rubbing it on with like some sort of like coconut oil and smelling yeah, it, putting sure. it on your body yeah. Actually, or actually, you just need like a, like one drop in your, you know, and you can just inhale it or you can put a drop in, in a uh, diffuser. It'll work. Or even like a, a bowl of water, you could just put a little drop in and then just let it, you know, you could, it'll wash. It has, you know, with essential oils are psychoactive, you know, similar to the way a, um, catnip works with cats you know whatever it is they smell it and then their immediate it changes their brain chemistry and so I think with the stress that's going on it's really difficult consciously to stop that what's happening right we get triggered and then you just can't come down and so having something that actually will kind of trigger the a shift in the, the brain chemistry is you know it's easy it's safe you know, if you want to put it in a diffuser. So there's that with the sleep, the diet, you definitely want to move around a little bit. I would say, you know, play some music that you like and, you know, jump around, like to uplift. (laughs) Have a dance Um, party at home. (laughs) Yeah, have a little dance party at home. I mean, if you can get out when it's sunlight, depending on where you live. I mean, even here, we get out at least you know, once a day in the afternoon, we can walk over to the river. There are not a lot of people or we have a mask. It's important to, you know, get some vitamin D uh, in your system and some fresh air and and sunlight really help with the production of melatonin. Right. Do you suggest taking any vitamin D also or just getting it naturally from the sun? Well, yes and yes. So (laughs) what I I, I have to just double check if this information is true. I, I believe that when we're on our computer screens a lot, that for some reason it affects our vitamin D. I have to fact check that. We'll have to do a fact check with that. But yeah, we really, if you, they notice that when people are, have depression, tend to depression, that they tend to have lower levels of vitamin D. And I know in the research with it that that's for sure that people who have had depression, if they gave them, if they supplemented them the vitamin D, that it actually helps them with depression. So the one thing that there is, is it the computer or is it that we're inside so much that there's this tendency for more, you know, depression? Right. They should do a study on someone sitting outside with their computer and see what happens then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also it's like, what are you doing on your computer, right? So people are like, you know, they're not moving, they're on social media, possibly, hopefully listening to this, but (laughs) there's a lot of anxiety when they're on, there's a lot of loneliness um, and isolation, especially now. So definitely, if someone is low on vitamin D, that that could, you know, know, perpetuate or magnify those feelings and depression there's also lowered immune system. So, you know, when you're happy, you're in, your immune system works better. So I, I look at all of the positives that are there. What do I need to do in terms of making sure that I'm eating right, I'm sleeping, I have herbs, how can I help other people, right? What am I doing, you know, information and, and really cutting out the stuff that, you know, that we just can't help to watch, you know, to look at. Right. Because we need to keep we need to keep our focus on, you know, on our, our health 
in a way, but it, it's that mind-body connection and not be led down the, the, the road to uh, despair, right? Because all around, right. we don't need our fear to be triggered, right? Exactly, so which the stress decisions. levels will then lower your immune system and then you're more compromised about that. Well, being, I was going to say, being in that state, how do you keep strong for your daughter? So you have an 18-year-old daughter who is a senior and, oh, I mean, I remember my senior year, you have prom, you have all of that. How as a mother are you coping with that and helping her stay strong? Well, I, I have to <laughs> say she's got a really good resolve. She and her friends are, you know, they, they're doing online classes. And they also, you know, they have their windows that are open. So it's kind of funny. I sometimes hear like voices in her room when she's out, out of her room because they're, they're kind of in a group, kind of a chat or video. So it's kind of like staying connected. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a disappointment about, you know, graduation. It would have been in the general assembly for her school. And so, yeah. That, but there's going to be something else. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, the, they're doing things online. She had a concert that they did. Everyone was playing, you know, from their homes in a concert in the band. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a challenge. I mean, so far, she hasn't graduated yet. So I think when it passes, they're going to select another date when they can do an actual ceremony for it. I mean, this is a big, you know, like a universe correction so it kind of is what it is. I mean, disappointment, but I, I think you just have to be, not think about it as a disappointment, but think a little bit more, I mean, definitely mourn it, but look at what else could we do, you know. Mm -hmm. That's an opportunity for sure. Well, on that note, I wanted to ask one of my final questions, which yes. is I've asked everyone, <laughs> don't worry, don't be scared. It's just, what is your number one tip for parents right now on how to survive? could be anything, personal, any sort of thing. If you were to share, what's your survival tip? Survival tip. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Chocolate. <laughs> I feel like that's something that I've been doing a lot more of, eating a lot of chocolate <laughs> and drinking a lot of wine. <laughs> chocolate dash. Yeah, but it's, it's actually antioxidants. It's one of the, yeah. If you have some cocoa or a little something that you can, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be sugary, right? <laughs> but it definitely is going to help lift your spirits and, you know, chocolate. <laughs> Medicinal chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Thank you so much for joining You're me welcome. today and sharing all that. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.